The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. We expect stolen bases to be up in baseball with the new rules, but where are we going to find them? I'm going to talk with Shelly Bergstraight from Roto World and NBC Sports Edge. Uh, we'll talk about where to find those stolen bases here on the RotoWire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the RotoWire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, uh, brought to you by the good folks at uh, Underdog and Fantrax. We appreciate their sponsorship. Jeff Erickson here with Shelly Bergstraight from Roto World. Shelly, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm talking baseball. I'm watching baseball, watching golf, college basketball. It's crazy. It's so many, so many awesome things going on right now. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I mean, my my phone has just been blowing up with all of like the World Baseball Classic news yeah. blurbs and all, everything. It's it's a it's a it's just a really fun time right now. Two huge upsets last night. Uh, the Korea losing to Australia. I could not believe that. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I was watching um, as I was supposed to be working today, um, and yeah, I was like really surprised that you know Australia was able to pull it out. Yeah. Exactly. And then Italy beat Cuba pretty big as well. Big for that. Mike, big for Mike Piazza and his managerial debut in the WBC. Uh, they had a, a fun prospect, Sal Frey, like have a couple of big contributions there. Brewers prospect, a big stolen base in extra innings. So uh, I like seeing him because I think we'll probably see some of him this year. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, okay. The news item of the day. Unfortunately, we have to start off with that uh, is Carlos Rodon. Uh, forearm tightness going to miss at least a month or not even going to have him throw for seven to ten days I, I, I this is awful news yeah yeah I mean it, it really was I mean he came off like a career year with with the Giants and signed like a big time contract uh with the Yankees and I was like really happy for him because he dealt with injuries his entire time when he was with the White Sox and then today like the big whammy like I mean uh, actually like a lot of Yankees uh it was just like a whole list of you know uh injured players but yeah this is this is this is huge um I'm probably going to be staying away from him for any of the upcoming drafts yeah I wonder how much his ADP collapses I mean he was got almost a riser sometimes that so we were yeah. seeing him sometimes go in the top 25 or so I think that was kind of his peak but you know late second early third and a 15 teamer where do you go in Tout Wars do you remember um, I don't, but I can do a little quick search here. Um, he went fifty uh, first overall. Okay, so that's pretty early still, and you know, there's that's in that ace tier is 
I've found that a lot of aces have been pushed down a little bit and let, you know, you know, sometimes not even in the first round on a 15 team. I know that was the case in mixed labor. I wonder as we get deeper into draft season, if you start to see some of these guys climb up a little bit, but I I've been kind of hesitant to go early with aces. Uh, yeah, actually I've been trying to do the opposite because I keep hearing, you know, everyone's like, Oh, you can, you can wait, you can wait, you can wait. So I'm just like, well, if y'all want to wait, I'll just, I'll just go in and try to get all the, all the aces. Luckily so far I have not had any, um, unfortunate look of drafting Rodon, but as we know, you know, all just get So I probably have a few injured players in my team right now. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I know I, I had like, I had this great one draft going in the FSGA. Uh, I did the conference in Vegas and all that. Oh, Hey, Joe Musgrove. Oh, I drafted Gavin Lux an hour before he got hurt. Fun. You know, it's just things like that. So you must know it's coming. And e- even like, you know, and I, I got Andrew Painter too. I was like, Oh yes, I, I'm, this is, I finally got my one share of him. I'm good now. Oh, <laughs> uh, come on. Yeah. So, yeah, and we still we still haven't heard any news, official news from the Phillies um, about Painter. So that's very, very scary and concerning, in my opinion. Yeah, I 100% agree. And in fact, the, the verbiage that I have heard is he hasn't been told he needs surgery. He, nobody has heard that he needs <laughs> surgery yet. It's uh, not saying he doesn't need surgery. Exactly. Exactly. We can we can uh, we can kind of, you know, read through the lines and we kind of know what might be happening. Right. Uh, and, you know, I think they sent it off for imaging to Dr. Neil trash. So uh, I, that, that to me is, I mean, you're going to the specialist. Sometimes he comes back with good news. Usually he doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, unfortunately. So I'm, he's pretty much off my draft board in redraft leagues now, unfortunately. Uh, Yankees had one other bad news item. Uh, Harrison Bader also got a, an oblique injury. They can't keep him on the field. I mean, they, you know, granted, they traded for him when he was hurt. But, uh, you know, at the same time, eh, it's bad breaks again abound yeah yeah I mean honestly Bader was just kind of like off my entire draft board all season uh because you know he dealt with plantar fasciitis pretty much all last year um and that's kind of like one of those conditions that just doesn't go away and it always crops up at like the worst time um but you know today it was you know I think it was like an oblique injury so and that's that that's another scary word especially when it comes to hitters so yeah, it, it just, it's really unfortunate. Yeah. And you know, it's so funny. Like it, it's such a baseball injury. You don't really hear about it in other sports nearly as often. Uh, and it's, it doesn't matter if you're a pitcher or a hitter. It seems like you get it either way. And uh, yeah. you know, sometimes you get, Oh, it's a week. Other times it's Tyler glass now, six to eight weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that glass now news that, that, that hurt me. Um, so I guess I dodged the road on, but I have, I had glass now in quite a few places. So yeah, he's going to be out for a while. And, and it's a grade two. So even if it's going to be the, you know, the six weeks or whatever, you know, it, it might creep up to that, that eight week, maybe even longer. Really yeah. Stinks. Especially because he's had to totally shut it down. And, you know, pitcher yeah. is kind of ramping up his history in particular mm-hmm. uh, isn't so great. So uh, that that's another thing to worry about there off the top there. So ugh, uh, stop getting hurt guys, but this is the time of year of spring training when we get that too, especially pitchers. Yes, yes, exactly. Like everyone is like all excited for, uh, you know, spring training and we get through that, like that first week and then all the injuries come in and then, then it's like, oh yeah, this is real life. It's not, you know, MLB the show where you can turn off injuries. So it's just kind of one of those things. 
Exactly. Uh, Joel Hennard says he had this conversation with his boss last week, just about obliques in baseball. It's just such a baseball injury. And yeah, yeah, it, it, it's brutal about that, how that goes. Uh, we're going to talk a lot of stolen bases on this podcast. But before we do that, uh, I'm going to share a quick note with one of our sponsors, kind of get get that done right now. Uh, Underdog uh, has been a sponsor with us all draft season. We appreciate that. The fantasy baseball season's underway. There's no better place to play than Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy baseball. Right now, Underdog has MLB Best Ball Tournaments live, including the Dinger, which has $500,000 in total prizes. In Best Ball, all you do is join a contest, draft your team, and that's it. There are no waivers, no trades, and no in-season management. Draft 20 rounds of players, and you get the best cumulative scores in your starting lineup from three pitchers, three infielders, three outfielders, and one flex each week of the regular season. Getting started is simple. Go to underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with the promo code RWMLB, and not only will Underdog double your initial deposit up to $100, but you also will get six months of your RotoWire subscription for free. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy, promo code RWMLB. Draft your $100,000 Dinger team today. I'm here with Shelly Bergstraight. We're going to be talking stolen bases here. And the inspiration for me asking Shelly was she had a good tweet string about finding, talking about stolen bases are up in spring training. They're up quite a bit. But who are getting those stolen bases? Um, honestly, um, no one in particular that is, you know, interesting for, you know, redraft leagues. I mean, you have like at the top of the list, you know, we have uh, Zach Veen, which I mean, that's what he does. Um, yep. So it wasn't surprising to see him at the top. But then you have Justin Dean, Tim LaCastro, Will Benson. Well, Will Benson could be something interesting uh, sure. coming up. But probably not at the start. Um, and then Pete Crow Armstrong. So it's a lot of, you know, the prospects. But, you know, it kind of makes sense that it would be that way because, you know, the the veterans, they're, you know, they're getting ready for the WBC or, you know, they only play like two innings. So right. it, it makes sense. But I, I, I was, I don't know, I was rowing on my rower and I was just like, does it really matter if stolen bases are up if it's just guys that are, you know, maybe trying to make the team or, or just, you know, they're just playing like, you know, minor league games kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I wonder if maybe the last two weeks of spring training will be a better sample for us if we're trying to figure that. Of course, we're drafting now. So, you know, thanks, exactly. guys. Uh, you know, yeah, it doesn't help us too much. But, you know, I, I wonder, though, like, uh, like you know, if, if that's one of the things I saw, like David Bell said for the Reds, he wants the Reds to run more. He's very, you know, he loved, he's very happy this camp because he's got all these young guys that are all trying hard and it's been a fun camp. They're still going to stink on ice, but uh, we all know that. <laughs> but, um, but Will Benson, yeah, I'm, I'm drafting him in the 30th round and some just tuck away and hopefully he plays and makes the team because let's face it, Senzel's not going to be ready for the start of the season and he's going to get hurt again. Anyhow, unfortunately, <laughs> I'm so jaded. Uh, don't get me started on that being jaded about my team, but because uh, I will go off on that for a while. But I am excited about Benson. I thought that was a fun little trade for the Reds. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I, I really do like it for for Benson because I mean he didn't have you know a place probably um, with the Guardians, so you know he can come over here to Cincinnati and kill it in spring training and probably be up in like two to three months. Um, yeah, I, I really like that trade for them. Yeah, I do too. Um, well, let's look at some other factors because I think we are going to need more bags this year. Uh, I, I think with the the, the number of throws and the, the shortened uh, space between the bases, uh, I think it and the pitch clock. I think all these things are kind of exploitable for really good base runners. So, where can we find some of our good stolen bases? Um, honestly, I think it's going to be 
um, the guys, it's not going to be like the Trey Turners. It's not going to be the Kyle Tuckers, right? It's going to be the guys who had like 10 to 15 or um, someone like uh, Bo Bichette last year who had, who did try to run, but got caught more often than he had previously. So it'd be kind of like those middle tier guys that I think that we're really going to see that boost of stolen bases. That makes sense. I think uh, it, it follows quite a bit. Uh, you know, and I, I, I think, you know, we, we saw Bichette in particular as a good in, example because he was remarkably successful at the start of his big league career. Yep. And then last year, he started to get caught a little bit more. You saw, if you look at his sprint speed numbers, they're down just a tick and all that. Well, this is probably something that he gets helped by quite a bit. And, you know, he wants to keep running, but probably still keep that green light because of this. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Um, and I'm trying to think of maybe like some other players. I mean, I mean, Vlad did steal like bases last year and mm-hmm. maybe he'll instead of because I expected him to kind of drop off a little bit, but maybe he can kind of keep, you know, near that seven to eight mark. That's that's huge for someone who goes in the you know, first round who you're not really counting on steals from. Right, because he's always going to be active for you. And it's. Yep. Eight stolen bases that you didn't need to get otherwise. Uh, that you know, and that's like a standings gain point right there almost. So and you know, that that's right there and there. It's awesome. I love the hidden sources of stolen bases. Whether it's like, well, Real Muta is hardly hidden. He's hiding in plain sight. But you know, you know, Freeman got had more stolen bases than Mookie Betts last year. Aaron Judge never runs. Oh, 16 last year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I actually did do like a like a deep dive into uh, Freeman's basis because I was like, oh, maybe it's like a, you know, it was a double steal. Maybe he was right, right behind Trey Turner. But surprisingly, he he only had one back half double steal last year. So that was all him, which I felt wow. I thought was uh, pretty surprising. Yeah, he, not, it's not just Paul Goldschmidt that can run from the first base position anymore. Um, and <laughs> yeah. in fact, Freddie ran more than Paul, which is interesting. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I always like finding that there. And it's so huge when you get that guy. Uh, do you dive into like uh, sprint speed metrics, uh, home to first, anything like that? Um, I, I kind of do like when I'm starting to do like my prep, I'll, you know, I'll just, um, download everyone's, um, home to first times. Cause I like that more than sprint speeds. Um, okay. and then I look position by position and see, uh, which one kind of doesn't really make sense. And then like, do like a little bit more of a deep dive. Did he steal? Did he not? Whatever. That's how I kind of use, um, you know, sprint speeds or home to first times, um, in my prep. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I was just looking at that page, actually, uh, before we started, because I was just diving into that, posted something about Otani. Shohei Otani had the fifth fastest home to first last year, which is there something he can't do? I don't think so. He's just a unicorn and he's so much fun to watch. Um, I think it was uh, when he was uh, uh, pitching for like Team Japan and he, you know, struck out like so many guys and hit went like two for three or something. He's just he's just amazing. I love that he's playing the WBC and yes. of course Japan loves it too. And it's just, it got, gets everybody into it so much. I just love that. Yeah. I agreed. Are you going to watch a lot of the WBC? Oh yeah. Yeah. I I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, I honestly, I will probably be watching that more than spring training games. Um, I mean, sure. I'll keep my eye out on, you know, who's, you know, you know, you know, playing time battles and stuff like that, but I'll probably be watching the WBC because the last time they had it, it was extremely exciting. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Uh, and I think that's something to keep in mind too, with uh, like when you're looking at spring training stats, when you're looking at, you know, who, who these guys are playing against, well, 
a lot of these players are over at the WBC. You know, our, our level of competition isn't going to be as strong. So, uh, you know, exactly. especially for people trying to fight for a job and they may be coming in in the third or fifth or inning or something of that nature, they're really going to be digging a little deeper now. Yeah, I'm just, I mean, I already know that Jordan Walker's like ADP is just going to, like to the moon, but if he's going to be playing probably pretty much every day for the Cardinals um, in spring training, and if he's, you know, teeing off on, you know, some minor leaguer from double A, I'm just like, oh, the price is going to go. It might even go higher. Who knows? Yeah, I, I think he won't quite go Bobby Witt or Julio in terms of his draft helium, because I don't think he's going to run as much as those guys, uh, sure. but yeah, it's the same sort of concept. He and Corbin Carroll are just through the roof right now. Yeah. And uh, you know that very well because you drafted <laughs> yes. Carroll in Tout Wars. And yeah, actually, I mean, you didn't even pay it a, a, an inflated price. That's what he's going for right now at 55. Yeah, yeah. I was actually very surprised that uh, he didn't go ahead of that because, I mean, I've been trying to get Carroll, you know, as much as I can because I think he's going to hit high in the lineup and he's going to run like all the like I think Arizona is going to be like one of those teams kind of maybe like your Reds going to be just trying to get as many like any run production that they can and they might just have to run and that's what Carol does and that outfield in Arizona is breathtaking if you're looking at sprint speeds if you're looking at home to first you got three of the top right there and if they if they if Alec Thomas starts in center field between Carol who's like number two overall in sprint speed and like fifth i think in home to first you got alec thomas uh and then mccarthy who, who did run a ton last year yeah yeah and I, I i don't know i i really do think that the diamondbacks have something going on i think like next year we're going to be talking about them kind of like how we're kind of sort of talking about the orioles this year they're just like right on the cusp right on the cusp there yeah and i think the difference is that this offseason they'll spend Whereas the Orioles didn't this this past off season, so I think that might be different. Yeah, I've seen a lot. I've seen and heard a lot of positive buzz about the Diamondbacks. I might have uh, been on board with that too. We did our NL West previews on the show on SiriusXM this week, and we talked Diamondbacks. And I think they beat the Giants this year. Oh yeah, I I was. I mean, I guess the Giants tried to push tried to push to get like those those two big free agents and Aaron Judge mm-hmm. and Carlos Correa, and it just kind of didn't work. Um, no. and then they got you know they got left holding the bag because everyone was pretty much gone so but yeah i do agree with you i do think that the diamondbacks are going to be the giants this year looking at stolen bases since that's kind of our focus today how many are you trying to get for your teams um honestly i'm just trying to shoot for the middle of the pack because i do think that they're all going to everyone's stolen bases is going to be going up and i think that a lot of people a lot of drafters are going to be focusing on that. So I'm trying to pivot and focus actually more on home runs, but just as long as I finish mid pack, you know, depending on the size of the league, I I would be happy with that. Yeah. Uh, Do you use targets at all? Do you like try to like come up with a number or are you just, is it more of a feel thing for you? For me, um, it's, it's a, it's a feel thing because usually in a draft, I'm so focused on the players. I, I can't, I always have trouble like refreshing my, my software or my spreadsheets and stuff. So I try to get a good feel for the player pool. Um, and then just try to, you know, compile the best team that I can. Yeah. I like that. I like that. And I guess, you know, it's, if you've done the research ahead of time, you don't really need a running tally of how many you have, cause you don't have them. It's just a projection. Anyhow, and a projection is a range of outcomes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I get caught up in that sometimes. I, th- I think it's good if you see that you're extremely low on a particular category, sure. like, oh, I better, I better get some speed right now. 
All right, let's go, Bubba Thompson. Let's go. All right, you know, <laughs> something like that. Uh, but and it's always stolen bases, by the way. I'm always lighting stolen bases. Same, same. It's either stolen bases that I'm low in or saves. It's one of the yeah. two, which is honestly the the categories that everyone's looking for. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, and I guess it's sometimes it's like a choice. You know, I, I choose not to get that second closer. Like that's why I'm in yogurt right now in TGFBI is that. I have one closer in class A and then I waited to like the 20th round to get another reliever. Cause I just, I kept on getting beat and, and it hurt me to lose on Evan Phillips in the 17th. That was one I probably should have pulled the trigger on. Cause I, I think he's going to be the guy. At least he's going to have good stats, even if he isn't the guy. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And it's just like, I, I, I mean, I feel the same way. I mean, I always, I tr- I've been trying to get class A or, or Diaz because I do know that one of my, uh, trouble spots when when I'm drafting is safe. So I'm trying to get like that, that one guy because I know me. If if I have Evan Phillips or some other hitter, I'm always going to go the hitter because I'm like, oh well, what if he does this? What if he does that? So right, I I've been trying to you know recognize that and try to get the big guy and then you know work the waiver wire or try to get um someone else later. Yeah, I, I've done that. You know, one of the things too is like last year I missed out on a second closer in one of my main events in in FPC main events. And I did well anyhow, but the question is, did I do well because I went this way or despite that, that's always the thing you have to dig into a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. It it really is. Um, is it, was that the draft that you like got like Sir Anthony Dominguez off waivers and then he got hurt or something like that? Oh yeah. Yeah. That saga. Jimmy Herget got his saves right after I, before and I I had him in and after I cut him. Yeah. Fun times. (laughs) I hate uh, that. I hate when that happens. Oh, uh, this is why like people are so you know adamant about getting two solid closers, and why you see that a little bit more often. But uh, I'm playing the game again in uh, in TGFBI, so we'll see. But and that one, at least in in, T, in in the main, I had Barlow as my number one closer, and he wasn't even that solid. You know, he was great. He was, but he wasn't getting all the saves. So yeah, yeah. So it goes. Uh, we're going to talk about your Trout Wars team here in a second because you did that on Tuesday night. But before that, let's get our other note here from our friends at Fantrax. Uh, Fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry, offering the greatest fantasy experience for your dynasty, keeper, redraft, and best ball leagues. Coming from another service, Fantrax makes it easy. Fantrax can import any of your current leagues and customize if needed. We've often done uh, Trout Wars, uh, both the draft and auction rooms in uh, Fantrax. So we we... we We've had a lot of good success with them. They offer the most in-depth player pool in the industry, including minor league players. Do you need a customizable commissioner service for your fantasy league? Fantrax offers more customization than any other platform. Waivers, categories, scoring system, schedule. Fantrax offers custom solutions for all that and more, and it's all free. Sign up for free today and be entered to win an official MLB signed jersey from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash Rotowire and sign up today. That's F-A-N-T-R-A-A-X dot com slash Rotowire. Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. Also, real quick, we are on the Blue Wire Network. Here are a couple of their ads. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Thank you for your indulgence there and letting me shut a window because the uh, gardeners are outside. So that was fun. Um, we are here with Shelly Verkstraight from Roto World. Shelly, you did Tout Wars on Tuesdays, the 15 team mixed league. I think this is the event you've been in the last couple of years as well, correct? Yep. Yep. This is, uh, this will be my uh, third year. All right. Very good. Uh, what spot did you draft out of? Um, I had the sixth pick. Okay. Very cool. Um, yeah. And, so this is an OBP league, just for people know, who aren't familiar with Tout Wars. It's a little different than uh, other leagues, but uh, I'm going to post Shelly's team here because uh, I got that from Twitter, uh, at least from well, we'll just kind of scroll down as we get through the lanes. But you, uh, you, you got six. Was that a happy spot for you or where, where, what's your f- preferred draft spot? Um, I, I actually prefer the middle, like around eight. Um, so I did have my choice of like six through 15. Okay. Um, so, but since I had been drafting eight for most of draft season, um, luck of the draw, I guess, or luck of KDS, um, right. I decided to kind of change it up a little bit and just went with the six. We're very similar. Eight's my favorite spot in the 15 teamer as well as at least in, uh, in the snake draft format there. Um, so cool. You started off with Vlad Guerrero jr. Who are you debating between with Vlad and others? Um, it really was Vlad at that point. Cause I, I knew going in that probably Juan Soto, um, uh, uh, Juan Soto, Julio Rodriguez and stuff like that probably weren't going to be there. Um, so, uh, after that Vlad was going to be like my next pick. Um, I know that he's probably not going to give me too many stolen bases, but just like we were talking about before he stole about eight last year. And if I get that, you know, I'm, you know, I'm happy as a clam. So, and just in an OBP league, um, I just, I just love Vlad. He's going to play every day. Um, so yeah, I thought it was a solid pick. Yeah, uh, he is. Uh, there's been good news too about his knee. Uh, looks like he's yeah. going to be back in game action pretty soon, even though he's not playing the WBC. Uh, 
maybe I, I'm sure the Blue Jays are just heartbroken that he's not <laughs> playing the WBC, though. Oh, yeah. It's a whole, there are, you know, a whole lot of tears coming down. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. There. Uh, you got yourself a share of Jacob deGrom. And I, judging by what you said on Twitter, it was like, I need to get a share of Jacob deGrom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been avoiding him all draft season. Um, but knowing that, you know, Tout Wars has unlimited IL, um, I think I felt that this would be like the perfect league to take advantage of that. Um, I, maybe I went like a little bit too early going in the second round, but I didn't want, you know, like I said, I wanted at least one share. So I got my one share. I don't have the full grid in front of me. So uh, how many pitch where, where uh, I take it, Colin Burns were already gone. Were any other pitchers gone? Um, I think those are the, let me just double check. Um, yes. Those are the, the two that were gone. So okay. it was, yeah, I, I, like I said, I went, I went early because I just didn't want anyone to spoil my plans. So, um, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. He's, I think that he's supposed to like throw early next week. So fingers crossed. Exactly. Now, you, you know, you got good news. I mean, he threw a hundred in a batting average, uh, uh, you know, in a live batting practice yesterday. So t- I think he worked around 98, 99, topped out at a hundred going to pitch a game on monday so i mean i think his adp is going to start to climb yeah i mean as soon as he gets on that mound and you know does his thing for two innings it's gonna you know it's gonna shoot back up just like it did last year right around this time so yes i'm 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 excited to see him throw and hopefully i made a good you know wise pick here but we'll see you know and how nice is it that we have a real spring training real and instead of you know, dealing with uh, the lock owners lockout and or COVID or anything of that nature, we're just going to have a normal spring training. It's been it's been so refreshing um, just to not have to deal with the drama of all of the lockout situations and then the the stress over COVID and all that stuff. It's just nice to have real baseball back. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's just, it makes it easier for us to draft. I mean, we know we need some normalcy here uh, after exactly. everything that's gone the last few years between happy fun ball and all in the lockout <laughs> and all that. It's just, it's amazing how hard it's been. Oh yeah. It's, it's yeah, it's been, it's been crazy, but I'm glad, I'm glad we're back to normal. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Let's look, keep looking at your team. Uh, you got, you know, you have three aces uh, in the, and actually well, four aces in the top 10 rounds. <laughs> Uh, you went Nola in the third. Can't go wrong there. George Kirby. Uh, everybody is on George Kirby. I, I'm, I'm finding I can't afford him anymore. Uh, and, <laughs> and you took a chance on Musgrove in the 10th, uh, taking a little bit of the discount on him. Pretty much like a, you know, doubled the price of where he usually goes at, at, at pick 145. Yeah, yeah. I was actually surprised no one jumped on Musgrove before I did because he wasn't in the plans. Like I saw him in the eighth and the ninth. I'm like, okay, is anyone going to take him? You know, I, I mean, I already had DeGrom, right? Which I'm not ex- ex- expecting a full season from him. And, you know, I, I'm like, do I take Joe Musgrove? And then once he got to the 10th, I'm like, I'm sorry, guys. He could not far any farther. So he just, yep, I just had to draft him there. Yeah, and you know, the thing is, you know, Tout is a trade league. It's a yep. standalone league. It's not an overall contest. So if you're a little heavy in starting pitching, so be it. I mean, you added Reed Detmers in the 14th too, and I like him a lot. Uh, you've got like five studs right there. And that 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 allows you to take some chances later on and kind of fill, uh, mix and match. Uh, do you, is this a, a draft style you're comfortable doing, or is this a little bit different cause, just because of the way it was given to you? Um, I mean, this is actually like a tad bit different. Um, 
usually um, I wait on starting, uh, uh, kind of wait on starting pitching. I still get like my aces, but just kind of just how the draft was going. I'm just like, okay, I'll take Nola. I'll take Kirby. Um, I mean, I secretly, I mean, as a Dark Horse candidate, I think that he could win the Cy Young. Um, like that's my dark horse pick. So I was glad to get him, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it was a tad bit different just how the room was playing, but I think it, the team turned out pretty well. Yeah. And you know, Kirby, I mean, he doesn't walk anybody. I love that. I love that. Love, 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 love that. And we started to see those strikeouts creep up just ever so slightly at the end of the year. So yeah, I'm expecting big things from him. Yeah, the trade-off is you didn't get a, t- a first-tier closer, but you got two high-skills relievers in uh, Pete Fairbanks and uh, Andres Munoz. The question is whether or not they close. Fairbanks in the ninth, and that seems like the going rate for him now. Munoz, I thought, was cheap at 186. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think Seawald had gone like the round before. Mm-hmm. Um, so as soon as I saw that, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go get my guy Munoz. I mean, I don't – I mean, I don't think that he's going to close at the start because I really do think that the Mariners like really love Paul Seawald. Seawald. So I think that he's going to get the first shot. But, you know, at any time, you know, Munoz could grab that thing, uh, grab that, you know, that closure role. And if not, I'm going to get plenty, plenty of strikeouts and pretty decent ratio. So I was okay with it. 100%. Plus, I mean, the Mariners are committed to using multiple guys. I'm pretty confident that both Seawald and Munoz are going to have a lot of value. And I, I typically like, if I'm going to get one of them, I get the one that goes later. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, okay. Let's talk about the hitting side. You have a lot of pitchers early on uh, a lot of, and nothing, you know, like, as, like we said before, this is a standalone league. You don't have to be balanced, but basically like seven and seven early on, but you did get Corbin Carroll. You did get Tommy Edmond. Uh, so you have a lot of speed. Ahmed Rosario is going to run a little bit as well. Uh, so I think you've got your speed lined up. Yep. Um, I'm just hoping that the power comes comes around. I mean, I think that Carroll could hit like 15 to 20 home runs. Um, I got Eloy there. And as long as he can stay on the field, like, I mean, just I just hope that the White Sox DH that guy. I don't want him playing in the field. Right. Uh, but Even though he wants be- to. <laughs> I know. So badly. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I I liked how the hitting went. I think that I got solid contributors all the, you know, for for most of the way down. Once you get down to the bottom there, it gets kind of wonky. It's a 15-team league, so you're just, you know, grasping at straws at times. But I thought that the hitting, you know, turned out pretty good. And I got some of my some of my guys. I got Lars Newbar. I got Brian De La Cruz. I got Sun Kim, who I, I think is, I mean, he was like really, really good last year, so... Yeah, I got I got my guys and I, you know, crossed off, you know, all the all the boxes. The commentariat likes a lot of your picks as well. Brooks Durham says he likes the Hassan Kim pick. He's going to be playing second base. I'd rather see him at short and put Bogarts at second if that's possible. But I mean, you're a, you're a Red Sox fan. You got the hat on and all that. You know pretty well about uh, his issues there uh, defensively. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I agree with you. I think that he should be at second. But I know that. Um, uh, San Diego is going to give, you know, Xander time to realize that, oh, maybe I should be at second base. They'll give him eight years. So, uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> How shocked were you at, at the, the turn of events? Um, I, I was kind of, well, I expected him to go. And then the Red Sox signed Yoshida. 
and Jansen. So I'm like, okay, now we're starting to put some things together. And then, and then the news came and, you know, San Diego ponied up and, and got my favorite player from my favorite team. So that's yeah, twice just... now too. I mean, between the Dodgers getting uh, Mookie and now Bogarts going, oh, two gut punches for the fan base. It 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 it's it's awful. I mean, I'm glad that you know the fan base you know let John Henry hen- hear it at that that um, that hockey game. You know, uh, so we do have Devers to look forward to long term. But I mean, losing Mookie and Xander was just absolutely devastating for the fan base. Yeah, absolutely. So you didn't end up with Yoshida on your team. Uh, was that by design uh, or just did somebody, was that somebody else higher on him? Um, that's kind of by design. Um, I mean, I think that Yoshida is going to be a fine player. I just don't know if we're going to see it this year um, mm-hmm. because Sun Kim had, you know, great projections coming out of uh, the KBO and he kind of struggled in his first season here. Right. And then the next season he kind of rebounded. And so that's kind of what I'm expecting for Yoshida. So um, hopefully I can, you know, buy the dip next year. Yeah. All the projection systems love his batting average potential. Yeah. Uh, it's like, uh, uh, that was a chapter in fantasy baseball Twitter uh, early in the off season there when I think shortly after he signed. Um, and you know, that's, that's a, the tricky part is trying to find the right translation. I'm not yeah. so well versed in like the specific Japanese ballparks where, who, which is a good hitters ballpark there, which one isn't. So I re- you know, it takes me a while to kind of get up to speed on whether or not he benefited from any sort of advantage there. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I struggled with that a little bit. Let's take a look at a couple more of your players here. Uh, I, you know, Kyle Bradish, Rudy Gamble snagged him, pried him from my loving arms in labor. I was so frustrated with that. I'm glad you see you got him and Wesneski right next back to back with each other. Yeah. Um, I, I really do like both of these guys. Um, and if I look at like my NFBC player shares um, out of the five drafts that I've done, I have Bradish and Wesneski on four of the five teams. So oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't realize I was that big of a fan, but I guess I am. I'm all aboard the Bradish and Wesneski train. Well, you know, if you're on a player, it, it, you, I, I've found like in the mid to late rounds, I keep on going to the well, the same guys. Yep. Uh, it's just, it's not, not even necessarily like, okay, I've got to have them. It's just like, oh yeah, it seems right. And it's harder to find people, players that you like at that range. Exactly. You just kind of like, once you, you know, quote unquote, fall in love with a guy, you know, you just, it's like, okay. Yeah. I, 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 I kind of think I know what I'm getting here. So just come on down join my team. Exactly. Your last pick. It's a sneaky speed play. Michael Massey. A lot of people uh, may not be uh, as aware of him. Uh, you know, were you big? Do you have a lot of Massey or is just, uh, was, was it a, you know, what was your motivation for taking him? Um, I've started um, the last, um, uh, draft and hold that I did uh, for M- M- NFBC, I did grab him, but this this will be my second share. Okay. Um, but I've liked what I've seen so far in spring, and I do think that he's going to get the majority of playing time in second base in Kansas City. I mean, again, it's Kansas City, so I mean, how many RBIs or runs can you expect? Uh, probably not too many, but he's going to give me that that all important you know plate appearances that we're all striving for. Yeah. And the thing I like about your roster construction is you kind of steered into waiting on the middle infielder slots. You got Tommy Edmond, obviously, early enough in the six, but you weren't afraid to like kind of test the depth, get Rosario a little bit later. Massey can slot in. Paredes is someone that you can play with there. Renjifo, I mean, he's such a good utility uh, player there. And then Massey, too. 
Yeah. And I, that's what I liked about like Renhifo and Paredes. Like they have, um, I think Renhifo is second and third and yes. then Paredes has first, second and third. So there's a whole lot of like puzzle pieces that I can move whenever I have an injury or a bad matchup or, or whatever. Yeah. Five games versus seven. You can play that game a lot more. Uh, exactly. I, you know, it's, that's huge to be able to have, uh, especially when you're going to be putting other guys on the injured list, which means the free agent uh, list isn't going to be as deep. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So uh, I like that. I like all that. Uh, who is the player that got away? Is there someone that you had targeted that you were close to getting and someone sniped him? Um, let me see. Um, honestly, it was probably Joe Ryan. Um, I, I really do like Joe Ryan. I think he's going to have a big year because uh, he's been, he, I think he added a split change and a slider or he's added two pitches in the off season after going to driveline. Okay. And what's good about that is he has been using both of those new pitches in spring training. So he has like some type of confidence in that. And he's always had like a great fastball just based on, you know, kind of like where it's, released and it's very deceptive so i think that he's going to have a big year so you know seeing that of course adam bronis uh drafted joe ryan in the 13th so 160 183rd off the board yeah i was i was pretty bummed about that because i'm like daggone it i wanted joe ryan but then's yeah. the breaks that warms the cockles of my heart because i do have uh, joe ryan in tgfbi and i'm now now i'm scrambling to see where i got him because I felt like it was a little reachy at the time, but maybe not, 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 not so much. Uh, by the way, while we're, while I'm looking, well, I'll, I'll pull that up here, but, uh, I, oh yeah, I got him. I did. I, I was reachy about him here. Uh, I got him in the, in the uh, end of the eighth and, uh, at one eighteen. So yes, I still was reachy about Joe Ryan, but, uh, I, I, I like, I like the added velocity. I like the extra pitches. I like a lot of that there. Exactly. And it's just as long as the, the twins can stay healthy. I think that, you know, they'll be somewhat competitive in the mm -hmm. AL central. Um, so there could be plenty of wins there. Yeah, indeed. And by the way, I do these podcasts with everybody in the uh, com fantasy community on Thursdays to validate my picks. When smart people validate <laughs> my picks, I always feel better about it there. <laughs> so um, I, uh, is there, which player is the one that you're most nervous about on your roster? Um, honestly, it's probably JD Martinez. Okay. Um, because I mean, I've watched him for like the last like five seasons with Boston and at the beginning of that contract, I mean, it was, you know, uh, candy canes and lollipops and everything. It was like all the home runs. It was so great. And then the last couple of years, like the power has slowly been decreasing, decreasing. Um, I, I could just see that his bat speed just wasn't as crisp as it was. Um, it started, you know, um, back in 2020 and he was blaming it on like he couldn't watch, you know, his his videos and all that stuff. But it just never really quite bounced back. But, you know, he signed with the Dodgers and, you know, the Dodgers do what the Dodgers do. They always somehow make players better. So I took a gamble on him. He's only util eligible. You know, he's not going to get outfield. So he's kind of like stuck in that one spot. So I am nervous because I'm hoping that the power will somewhat return. But if not, I'm hoping for, I guess, kind of like a decent average Michael Brantley type player. Yeah. I mean, you got him late enough, 17th pick, yeah. that if he does bust, you could probably get away with benching him. You know, the, the worst part is when you take a chance on a player like that, it's UT only, and 
let's call him Nelson, for instance. Uh, <laughs> and he finally does bust for the first time in his career. Yeah. The, the tough part's taking him out of your lineup. Exactly. Exactly. And it's just like, I, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't, what do you think about Nelson Cruz? Cause I, I, I don't know how, cause he was dealing with like eye issues. Right. right. And I'm like, well, why didn't you get it fixed? I don't understand. But anyway, he got the surgery and everything, but the Padres only gave him $1 million, which I thought was very low. Um, I mean, so I'm a, I'm a tad bit nervous about right. know, good old Nelson Cruz this year. Well, you got to worry about is the bat speed slowing down? Hard for me to call someone who's 10 years younger than me old, but still, uh, he's, he's getting there at that point. He's baseball old and it, it is the vision. The vision was a concern. I thought it wasn't just a Tampa Bay thing. Uh, that's the first thing I thought of. It's like, Oh, he got traded to the Rays. That's why he slumped the second half of 2021. Not that he was finally, finally, the people were finally right that he'd get too old, you know, cause yeah. for years, years, he was a prophet. I'm super loyal to him. And you now this year he's on the wrong side of a platoon and a, park that's not great uh but in a lineup that's so loaded so i mean he could get this pool holes-esque renaissance i think it's possible but I, i'd say the odds are probably against it yeah i mean I, I i really do hope that you know he he has like that you know that did cat bounce season uh for the padres because i mean i think that the padres are it's going to be definitely one of my teams that i'm going to be going to late at night or early yep. on a sunday afternoon or something like that um, well, we know you're a known Orsillo fan, so there is that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So they have they have Don Orsillo and Xander Bogos. I, I think I might need to change my hat. So yes. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, hey, uh, I, I'll be. You know, when you, when your team is bad, I don't give up on my team, but I pick up a second team. You know, exactly. I, I have a secondary rooting interest. You know, and I have to figure that one out this year. You you want to find team fun at least out there. And you know, Padres are definitely, everyone's jumping aboard that bandwagon. Now it was so cool. Took my daughter on a college looking tour last year. And we stopped down in San Diego for a couple of schools and went to a, I think the first home game after the Soto trade and oh. packed ballpark. It was, it was awesome. And they scored one run uh, against the Nats. <laughs> and, you know, it was, and I, it was like, how it was, you know, it was at the height of their slump. Hater came in and blew a Darvish lead. They had a one, nothing lead. Machado went deep. And then Hater came in and blew it in the ninth. Uh, it was it was brutal to watch. Yeah, but I bet like the first couple of innings, I bet the atmosphere was just jumping. Oh, off the off the charts. And then watching him in the playoffs and just seeing that full ballpark. You know, baseball owners, see you invest your product, you get fans, and then you make money. It's it's fun. It's funny how that works. Yeah, I uh, yeah I I I I love seeing uh, when when teams go for it like that. I like seeing the Phillies. I like the Phillies you know, owners' comments. A little bit there too. He's like, what do I want to be remembered for? Making him more of a profit or trying to bring home a World Series winner? Middleton, get gotta give him credit. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, they have the right general manager or baseball of operations guy to do it because he's, you know, Dombrowski, he's gonna go yeah. all in. He's I never mean, rebuilding. Exactly. I mean, that's why it was like so high on Andrew Painter before his injury. Cause I'm like, oh, Dombro is just gonna let him go. But yeah, exactly. Maybe his Maybe his elbow will go before Dombro will let him go. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's 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 a bad beat there. Yeah. Uh, so with the Red Sox, okay, we'll do a little therapy, Red Sox and Reds therapy here and all that. Uh, where is their reason for hope? Is there is it Cassis? Uh, is it just who's left in the farm system? What makes you excited to watch your Red Sox this year? Um, for me, it's definitely going to be Cassis or Brian Bayo. Or maybe okay. and Brian Bayo. Um, I mean, I was huge on Brian Bayo uh, 
uh, last year. Um, mm-hmm. I got burned like in his like first initial call up. Uh, but then when he came back, um, I think it was like in September or something, he was lights out. Um, I'm hoping that his elbow thing is or forearm thing is nothing too drastic. I mean, he has started to throw again and stuff like that. I mean, he might not be ready to start the season, but I still have high hopes for him. And I think that it's, I mean, they're going to need it because, I mean, Paxton went down shockingly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's That whole rotation is like this whole, like, it's <laughs> MacGyver-like rotation. It's held together by chicken wire and duct tape. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it was really good to see Chris Dale throw. I think it was like two innings yes, uh, mm-hmm. uh, sometime this week. So it was like really good to see like the old Chris Dale back. But yeah, that, that rotation is, is, ugh. It's gonna be not too much fun to watch. Um, but I am really excited to see to see Casas. Um, he did strike out a little bit more than I was expecting in his, you know, cup of coffee in September, but he still showed off the power and I mean he's been looking amazing this spring. So I have I think he's gonna be rising up like pre uh draft boards for next year, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I have yeah. already a lot of Casas and I will nice. continue to get more. Uh, and, and Bayo, I got him in labor. I got him in TGFBI. I got him in scarf. Uh, I'm getting Bayo a lot lately. Uh, nice. so I, I hope that works. Uh, what do you think about Whitlock and Tanner Houck? Did either of those stick in the rotation this year? Um, I don't think so. Um, I've been off Houck, uh, for a while now. I, I, I was, mm-hmm. I was not thinking that he was going to be a starter last year. I'm like, the dude only really has a slider that's going to play up in the bullpen. And so I think that's going to be his home. Um, when it comes to Whitlock, I'm still a little bit, I still need to see like a tad bit more. Um, you know, he's coming off hip surgery and he's kind of a young guy. It's kind of odd yeah. that he would need hip surgery. Um, but I'm hoping that he can stay in the rotation. But I, even if he does, I think that the Red Sox are going to kind of slow row, row him, go, be slow with him at the uh, at the start. So right. From a fantasy standpoint, the wins are probably are not going to be there because they'll probably have him start. They won't have him be like the, the middle guy, right? So, right. I I don't know. I don't hold out too much uh, fantasy hope uh, for them this year. Yeah, and you've you've made your way in this uh, fantasy community by being a great prospect analyst. So, Marcelo Meyer, are you super excited about him? Yes, I'm very excited about him. Um, I'm hoping um, that, you know, he finishes the season in double A. I'm pretty sure that he will. Uh, fingers crossed it's like triple A, but that's probably wishing way too much on him. But, you know, what he showed last year, um, especially after coming back from his injury that he had for a couple weeks, he looked really good. So I think that could be one of the reasons why Xander is in San Diego and not, you know, Boston right now, because they're like, Oh, we have this other guy who's going to be here in a couple of years, but. Yeah. Uh, well, there you go. Uh, maybe that is why, uh, and uh, you know, they'll be validated two years down the line or it's two years wasted. That's, that's the debate, you know, of course, uh, yeah. you, you always expect Boston to behave like a big market franchise, but, uh, that's not always the case. Unfortunately there. Um, you work at now at Roto World. Uh, what are you doing for them? Uh, yeah. So I during the season, I have a weekly uh, dynasty article that I just, you know, talk about random, random, you know, dynasty-esque uh, topics. Um, okay. Sometimes it's more older guys. Sometimes it's prospects. Sometimes it's a mix. I kind of like to bring both aspects to a dynasty article, article because dynasty is not just prospects. It's, you know, 
some major True. guys too. So I try to, you know, incorporate all that. Um, and then, you know, I work on the, the news side, you know, one day a week. So, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. When's your next article coming out? Um, it's probably not going to be until like the first or second week of the season. Okay. We'll be looking forward to that there. Shelly, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. You can follow Shelly on Twitter, of course, at uh, ShellyV underscore 643. And of course, uh, read her work at Roto World. Shelly, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Anytime. Uh, that's going to conclude today's podcast. Big thanks to Underdog and to Fantrax. Uh, coming up tomorrow, we got Clay and Todd. Thanks again for listening to RotoWire. Have a good evening. <laughs>